What does it take to cure diseases, not just manage their symptoms? This is Inside the Cure from Allure Medical and its founder, Dr. Charles Moak. He explores world-renowned health care that benefits patients and the economy. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Cam Carmen, once again with Dr. Charles Moak, who is the founder of Allure Medical. And he's telling us more about the use of stem cells and, and how they can benefit us. So welcome to Cameron. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, I want to talk about stem cells and how they kind of how they work first. Okay. And then we'll talk about the uses. That's one of the things like it's a, it's a buzzword, right? And we're even hearing people talk about stem cell therapy, not using stem cells by using things that stimulate stem cells activities. And some of it's kind of hogwash, but some of it is, is, the, is the real deal. So stem cells are the things in your body that replace tissues, replace cells. And when we're born, we have a, you know, we're put together by by our mom and father, and uh, then we are born as a baby, and our body's continuously growing. And then there's a point where we feel like we stop growing, our bone plates change, our size is about the same, and then we start slowly aging, right? This is what happens. And some people age slower than others. There's actually some genes that are triggered that turn on aging. I mean, it sounds nuts, but aging might be a disease, so if we can think of aging as a disease, how can we turn it off? Hmm. Well, if we look at conditions that we're treating with stem cells, they are conditions that occurred as a result of aging and environmental exposure. A classic example would be arthritis, mm-hmm. uh, lung disease, where somebody's a smoker, so they're damaging their body, and right. their body's stopping to repair itself, heart failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's many conditions that were a combination of age and environmental factors. Even when we do stem cells for facial rejuvenation, sun exposure to our face, Mm -hmm. the fat cells start dying. They're not replaced as much as they were when we weren't exposed as much sun or when we were young. So you have these cells that we would just generically call stem cells, but they're cells that can replace an adult mature cell. So there's all these cells in your body and there's a bunch of stem cells that can replace them. And when a cell goes through programmed death or death from exposure to something, it signals a stem cell to replace it. And the stem cells keep turning things over. Now, quickly, we turn over our cells in our blood system. Our red blood cells last about 120 days. Our platelets last about 10 days. So they're turned over all the time. And our bone marrow makes them and other organs make some of the other cells in our our blood. And then we have our gut lining. Mm -hmm. It's constantly being exposed to all kinds of acid and bacteria. And they're dying all the time. And the stem cells right adjacent to them replace them as soon as they die. Same thing with our skin, and surprisingly, same thing with our nerves and our brains. When I was in medical school, we were taught that your spores certain number of neurons, and that they don't ever replace like your skin cells do, but they actually do. There's the ability for you to grow more brain tissue. So stem cells are always designed to grow and replace. And there's things we can do to stimulate that, being healthy, limiting environmental exposure. There might be in the future some drug therapy for it. So when somebody has arthritis... Which, why did their stem cells not replace them? They, they actually are still there. Well, there's a condition called senescence. And senescence is a state where the stem cells are suspended between growing into a new cell mm-hmm. or being paralyzed. And some people refer to them as zombie cells where they're just kind of sitting there. These are cells that are just senescent. They're just sitting there and not making any activity. And they're signaling other stem cells to just be quiet, not doing anything. So there's some research into senolytics, which are drugs that will kill off those senescent stem cells. That hasn't gone so good so far. There's a couple companies that have been researching it and they haven't made a commercial product. Or we can just put in fresh new stem cells that will bypass that and stimulate stem cells to grow. 
So when we take stem cells out of your fat or your bone marrow or from a placenta or from uh, umbilical cord blood, we can inject them and the cells will start replacing themselves. So the stem, your, your own native stem cells grow. So the, the stem cells we're giving you are actually triggering your stem cells to start working again. And that's the basis of therapy. So we're using it a lot in degenerative conditions. And the classic example, the one that most research is arthritis because it's such an easy target to measure. Right. But we're also using it for things such as heart failure, kidney failure, emphysema and lung disease. And it's being researched in virtually any medical condition, even genetic conditions. We use it to treat cystic fibrosis, not to great success, mm-hmm. but getting temporary improvements. So stem cells are designed to replace damaged tissue. And when your body's not doing it on its own, and in the future, we'll be actually getting drug therapy that's targeted to kill off the senescent or the, the zombie-like stem cells or to give peptides to stimulate the stem cells to start duplicating and growing. Right. So we're using it for all kinds of conditions. One of the ones that I'm passionate about is, is spinal cord injury. We've had a couple of people that were totally incapacitated. They're now walking with some oh. assistance. There's a patient that was uh, in a nursing home for four years, and he's now walking unaided. Wow, that's uh, incredible. It, that was remarkable. He's 84. And there's a young, another young man in his 30s that we started treating in March. We're treating him every month with umbilical stem cells, and he's walking with aid. But he went from having to be kind of carried and moving his legs to where he's actually able to, to get mobile on his own. So that's, that's very exciting. And it's really kind of just version 1.0. You know, I think in the future we'll see massive changes. We can regrow organs. You know, we'll hear the idea of growing a heart. It's not there yet, not even close to there yet, right. but, it, but it's coming. It's coming. They're looking at building scaffolding, scaffolding to design tissues and then getting stem cells to grow, looking at 3D printing cell cells. So stem cell therapy, it's coming. It definitely is uh, right now has some controversy because a lot of misunderstanding. A lot of people confuse umbilical cord stem cells with embryonic stem cells, which were banned a couple decades ago. And the reason those were banned was it was kind of was tied into abortion. They were taking aborted fetuses. Right. But we don't really need to do that. We can use umbilical cord blood, which is plenty of it. We take the blood cells out and use the stem cells. And then we're even using something simpler than that called exosomes. And exosomes are little droplets, much smaller than the stem cell, that carry all the signals that the stem cell wants to transmit to your stem cell. And that's actually a where we're kind of moving as a as medical side into uh, exosomes because it is actually simpler. It's really the root effect of the stem cells. So if you have a condition, you're wondering if stem cells will work for it. Mm-hmm. Well, in general, we don't know because the body of evidence requires decades of proof, but we have good evidence-based medicine that it works for certain conditions. And the one that is the most, I'd say, obvious or low-hanging fruit, so to speak, would be arthritis. And we really started, as scientists and doctors, started working with the knees because it was a good target area. People sure. usually have bilateral disease. We can compare one to the other. We treated virtually all joints in medicine. Our practice, we treat every joint except for the spine. We refer to spine out to Dr. Radden on the other side of town. He's a spine surgeon. But most of the joints we can get into, and there's an office-based procedure. Even like we did a TMJ recently, t- temporal mandibular joint, which is the jaw pain people mm-hmm. get. So if you're thinking about getting a knee replacement, don't do it unless you failed stem cells, is my opinion, right. because the worst that happens is it didn't work. Studies with large groups of people, it was a study with 1,200 joints, and 90% of them did not need to get a surgery in the next two years. So that's, that's pretty encouraging. And that must be a lot, of, a lot more downtime for the knee replacement surgery as opposed to the stem cell treatment. Yeah, there's no comparison. The stem right. cell really doesn't have any downtime. You can go right back to normal activity. And the knee replacement surgery has got the big risk of having a major event, such as a heart attack or stroke or blood mm-hmm. clot, but mm-hmm. that doesn't occur with stem cells major risk would be like getting an infection from just injecting the joint. 
So stem cells are coming. If people are wondering what treat my condition, I would go to Google, go to Google mm-hmm. and Google the word scholar, S-C-H-O-L-A-R. And that's where you'll see scholarly articles. But if you really want to get what we call peer-reviewed evidence, I go to what's called PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D, and that's run by the National Institutes of Congress. And that's where the government has a system where they vet journals to be what's called peer-reviewed. So when you read things that are actually legitimate, so yeah, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. There's a lot of hype and advertising. But if you go to Google Scholar or PubMed, you can actually see some of the literature and bring it to your doctor and talk to them about it, whether or not you'd be a candidate. There's a lot of issues regarding stem cells and FDA. And again, we have until October of 2020 before the FDA will rule in on how they want to regulate stem cells. They do want to regulate it because really they're concerned about safety. And there's a lot of people claiming new stem cells that aren't. And there's some people that have been shut down because they had inappropriate practices. There was some blindness in Florida because they were doing it improperly. And the FDA does not want that to happen. But they're not against stem cells. They just, you know, say, hey, if this stuff works, then there should be some regulation so that the customers, the patients know that it is safe and what kind of product they should buy. And I'm, I'm all for that. So that's an exciting thing. I think when I go to stem cell meetings and talk to doctors, they're really negative on the FDA. They're just trying to protect consumers. They're not trying to block it. So there is there is a pathway to getting an FDA-approved lab. Interesting. So interesting. And thank you, Dr. Mokers. I appreciate your help with all of this for, for people who have a lot of questions. And we will be talking next time about stem cells as well. And we appreciate your time, Dr. Moak. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Inside the Cure with Dr. Charles Moak. See you next time.